the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A state of control. This is A State of Control, episode 11, recorded Monday, July 7th, 2014. A Brother's Gotta Eat. A State of Control is brought to you by Middle Atlantic Products and their TechPed technology pedestals. Middle Atlantic Products, what great systems are built on. This is A State of Control, your uh, monthly look at the control and automation uh, segment of the AV industry. My name is Tim Albright. I'm your host, tanned, rested, and ready, uh, recovered from Vegas, and I guess technically recovered from uh, the 4th of July weekend here in the the good old United States. Uh, Those of you outside of the the 50 states, it was just on the weekend. So Uh, with us, as always, the host and the producer extraordinaire, Mr. Steve Greenblatt, Chief Everything at Control Concepts. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Glad we can get going uh, really co- closely after Infocom. And uh, we had a great uh, opportunity to get everybody together there. And uh, looking forward to an exciting uh, episode. Yeah, we had we had some with some good time. Steve, actually, if, if you've not checked out our, our YouTube channel, uh, you will see the, the beautiful face of Mr. Greenblatt there uh, touring a couple different... Uh, a couple of different booths at Infocom, so so check that out if you would. Uh, you did DP, uh, DP and RP visuals and a couple others, so very good job with that. So, Thank you. Uh, great. Uh, also with us, as always, uh, Uncle Richie, Rich Fregosa from FregosaDesign.com. Way out west, how are you, sir? Merry greetings. Merry greetings. I'm good. Jeez Louise. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I good night. How are you? How was your fourth? I'm doing... Fourth was fantastic. It was... Um... The second annual Bacon Fest of America that what I is that? made sure that uh, it, it, it is a food festival that is purely based on bacon. Yeah, nothing so wrong with that. It was, it was <laughs> wow. nothing wrong with that. I was treating my I was I, I was bringing my boy up right. Yes. He walked away at the end of the day and he said, Dad, was this a good day at Bacon Fest? <laughs> oh, said, my son, gosh. It was a great day at Bacon Fest. <laughs> a bad day at Bacon Fest is a good day anyplace else. So. Exactly. Uh, so, all right. Uh, good, good times. Uh, <laughs> a couple of, of newbies, so you two be nice to them. Uh, first up, we have Eric Cant- Cantrell uh, from Media Lawn uh, Show Control. How are you, sir? Hi, I'm doing great. Uh, we uh, we were kind of uh, not making fun, but making fun of ourselves. Uh, it's Media Lawn because when you first look at Media Lawn, I wanted to say medallion. So Media Lawn, uh, MediaLawn.com. Uh, and yeah, also, that a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, uh, also, with us is Daniel, and I didn't ask you before, so I'm I'm apologizing here live. Uh, Renee. Yep, that's correct. There we go. Uh, from High Resolution Systems. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good. Uh, glad to have you both. Here's here's an interesting uh, the, the the topic this month, I guess, is uh, quote unquote alternative control s- solutions, and and I, I hesitate to say alternative, right? Uh, because let's be honest here, there's there's two big boys uh, or girls, two big people, two big companies uh, in the world of control and automation in the AV industry. You have Crestron and you have AMX. Um, uh, Extron is kind of coming into some their own with their, uh, they do have their own um, 
independent programmer uh, path now. Uh, I believe Steve is headed down that way. I'm still uh, figuring it out for myself uh, with, with, with the company that I work for, which is called Innovad. Um, and, and so let's focus on those two for just two seconds, right? Those are the two main ones when people think about uh, home, uh, automation in general, right? But there are others, right? You've got uh, Control 4 and you have Command Fusion and you've got these other ones that are making very good systems and, and, and sometimes may very well be as good or maybe even better, uh, you know, as, as sacrilegious as that may be to say, as a, as a, as a Crestron programmer um, and an AMX programmer to say that there may be some solutions that are better than, than the two big ones uh, in certain situations. So that's what this month is about, right? This month is all about, you know what, let, let, let's take a look at the big two. Yes, good, groovy, they're over there, right? They're going to be over in the corner. And for the next uh, 45 minutes or so, we're going to talk about uh, systems other than them, right? Uh, so, Steve, the first, the first question, and, and we'll kick it off with you on here. When, when you're assessing a system, right, um, whether you or, or Rich or, or myself, we get a, a scope of work and we say, okay, you know, Here's what we want you to do. Here's here's the systems we want you to control, and this is the owner provided material, and this is the stuff that you guys, or this is the stuff that the the contractor is going to provide, and you, Mister Programmer, this is what we want you to control. How do you make that decision, and whether it's you or it's the integrator, that says, okay, this is the control system you need to go with, um, and if it's not always, you know, the big two, how then do we do we justify, or do we, you know? make the, the pros and cons list, you know, more favorable on the pro side for these alternative systems? Sure. Well, I guess starting off to answer the question, and, and, and unfortunately in the position that we're in, we really don't have much say many times. Uh, a lot of times we have to go along with what's currently the install base, but I, I always try to tell people when they ask me to compare the two, it, it really comes down to what what is it that you're most comfortable with? Okay. What do you, what do, you do? You as the client or the integrator? The integrator or the well, end user? It has to be the integrator, I guess, okay. at that point. Um, and and sometimes some clients are becoming doing the uh, more of their own support and and uh, and installation. So I guess maybe there is some overlap to consider there too. But you know that that would be the the first way that I would answer that. And I and I I, I do have uh, many politically correct answers in those oh, situations. Oh, don't. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, beyond that, of course, you know, you, you need to look at, at uh, reliability and you need to look at support and, of course, budget comes into play. And, and always, um, it, when it comes down to it, though, it, it, it's application is really where you have to start with. What is the, the solution that is a good fit for what you're trying to do? And we'll, we can, we'll get into maybe some of the specifics of different uh, platforms out there, but um, some may be a better solution for residential, some may be a better solution for commercial, some may be a better solution for uh, live staging or live performance, um, some may be a better solution for, for a mobile uh, front end. So um, it really does come down to application, but, but I think that what's most important to us, I think as programmers, as installers, as designers, is Making sure that we have a good partner, and that partner is going to be be there to back us, to support us, to to work together, and also you, you want to be looking at so a, a platform that has the scalability and expandability, because you you don't want to get into a situation where 
you are, are trying to evolve a, a particular installation or system and, and you run out of room, you hit boundaries and so forth. So I, th I think those are the main things to really consider. Okay. Uh, I'll go get you real quick. Well, we're we're going to get to you on, on this, but Steve made a point. Uh, Eric, we'll start with you on this because you guys are both manufacturers of you know, alternative you know, uh, control systems. How do you support us as, as the programmers or, or even the integrators? Um, you know, whether it's a rep or whether it's your technical support or what have you, how do you make sure that as a manufacturer, as the guys that are and gals who are making this product and, and, and encouraging us to use it, how do you make sure that we're supported in the field? Well, the first thing we do is we find out from you what it is you're trying to do. Just like Steve said, functionality is the key. Uh, it's, it's the beginning, it's the, it's the end of it. That's actually how you determine whether or not you've done your job as a programmer is whether what you set out to do is actually accomplished with the touch screens or the mobile interface that you've, that you've, uh, that you've designed for them. So we always start with a functional analysis of the system and then from there, we can work through the, the various iterations of which hardware makes sense. Does it make sense to go virtual? Does it make sense to split this into a device server and a logic server and a GUI server? Uh, so there's a lot of different ways that you can go about architecting a system. But from a support standpoint, we need to know what's the story from the beginning. Are you going to walk in, the lights go down, the video plays? seats are going to rumble, and then the doors are going to open at the end, or you're going to walk into a boardroom, and the room needs to be ready for you based on uh, the, the scheduling information coming from Microsoft Exchange. So totally different things, but you tell the story about how the space will be used from the, uh, from the perspective of the user, the technical people, the administrators, all of that, and you have to consider about the system as a whole, and then you know where to go from there. No, that's a, that's, a, that's a good valid point. Uh, all right, Uncle Richie, uh, take me through assessing um, and going down the checklist of, okay, you want to do this, this, and this, and this. You know what? This might be a good place for, you know, Media Line or HRS or Command Fusion. Um, how, how do you make those decisions? I mean, again, honestly, the first part is like, look, what line can you get? I mean, we, we talk about <laughs> okay. kind of the... I mean, let's be, I mean, let's be perfect. Yeah, 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 that, 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 yeah. It's, it's, you know, I mean, we talk about, you know, the big two or three or four, or whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, a larger company or a more established company has access to more lines just because they've been around longer and depends on the market and, and the segment and, and, and anything else. You know, the, there might be a market that's, that's just saturated and they're just not going to take on any more dealers. So at that point, you, you, you know, brother's still got to eat. You know? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> and so um, at that point, really it's a matter of finding out, you know, who, who can you work with? What are the lines that you can pick up? What skill set do you have in order to be able to deploy it? First, you know, are you going to handle it internally? Are you going to be handling it with your own programmers? Or are you going to be going to a third-party programmer like myself or Steve or you or, or anybody else? Um so really, the the first part really becomes a matter of okay, what what position is your company in to be able to support the support X lines? Okay. Once you've established that, then it becomes a matter of like um, like uh, we were just saying, Eric was saying a little bit earlier is okay. Well, what's the story? What's the story that you're going to tell at this point? You know, are you going to be just controlling this uh, a room 
and a, a home theater? Are you going to be controlling whole house systems? Are you going to? What about lights? What are you know? What are your interface devices at this point? Um, and then once you figure out mapping backwards, you know how do you see this working? Then you go into the short list of okay, these are the devices or these are the manufacturers who can fit that. Then you go into the next part, which is, okay, let's assess your budget. Let's go ahead and assess where you are in the grand scheme of things. You know, right now, you know, home automation and uh, just automation in general is becoming more visible, and it's becoming part of the fabric of everyday life that people are starting to see it. You know, it's the, the whole promise of the Jetsons, you know, is we're actually starting to see it happen in our lifetime. You know, I mean, when you can manufacture your own food at this point with, you know, with the 3D printing system mm -hmm. coming around the corner, that's kind of cool stuff. So people are, are starting to see this, but what they aren't necessarily crazy about is the thought of the cost of automation right now. And that's where we are in a very weird limbo state. Um, you know, you have a, a phone company or a cable company or a security company promising that it'll do everything you want for $7.99 a month. And we find out that, well, maybe not. And now we actually need equipment that allows you to provide the interface and, and work your way through. And so that's when companies, um, you know, you do find, you might start out with a budget solution, which is kind of here's, here's your starter. Let's get you used to automation in general. And this may not fit all your needs, but it'll fit some needs that you have right now and as you're working up. And, and that's where we've seen some success with some of the smaller integrators, which is your, your, your company structure isn't in place yet to just bite off you know, that, that big piece. I know you see all the magazines and I know you read the articles and you watch the podcast and you're like, I can do that. You're not ready yet, you know. And so part of it allows us to get them playing within themselves, which is let's turn something on and off. Let's turn the volume up and down. And here are X boxes that we can use. Put them in for a nominal fee, you know, or a budget or keeping it all within scale where, you know, I mean, if, if you're doing a sub $20,000 room, you know, and that's everything. They're going to have a hard time seeing some steep programming fees. So you have to kind of fall within initially um, where the, uh, the the pain points are. And and so with a smaller system or a third-party system, is it nearly as fully featured? Do they have the ecosystem? No. But they will likely get the job done, give them the ability to grow with it, and then after time passes, they either stick with the line and they become uh, just more adept at it and can expand it, or they move into some of the larger, bigger lines as as they as they move down the line. So again, it's it's uh, <laughs> you know it's kind of it, I I don't I <laughs> let, let's see I, it, it's kind of like my first automation system. Well, see, that, and that's that, exactly that, what I was thinking of, like a Fisher Price, you know, my first remote control. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> knock these other companies because they do fantastic work. But I mean, that's what you're doing. You're establishing some training wheels at a lower price point to get them used to the process. But don't you run the risk then of of making the overall like their end product, their end their end system? more expensive because you're okay so here's your base model unless you're building on the base right and if you're building on the base i, I get that but you're, you're you're it's also possible not for every system obviously or, or every home but you know hey here's system you know a this one over here is you're, you're going to end up paying you know 
twenty thousand dollars for the system, but this one here is only a hundred bucks, and and we'll you know we'll build on that one. So well, it, again, it's it's context. You know, yeah. I mean, you can afford to be you, you can afford to be optimistic at times, which is, and and it's full disclosure. It's like, look, this is not going to do everything. I am emphatically stating, you cannot go from here to there, but for the next year, two years, whatever you feel that life cycle of the system is, this will do exactly what you want right now. It's, you know, the, we, we've always used the analogy of, you know, you can buy an economy car and throw all the aftermarket stuff on it, right? Or you could just buy the performance car. Yeah. Well, sometimes you can't buy the performance car right off the bat. And so, um, you know, and it's interesting, I spoke to a, a young integrator a couple of months ago, and he's like, look, man, you know, that's great that you guys are doing all of this stuff. But there's lots of us guys that are in different parts of the country that, you know, maybe we're in the middle of the Midwest, just these areas. It's like they're just not going to go for it flat out. They're just not going to go for it. And so we still have to find ways to continue to to build our businesses. And, and, and I mean, and that one st stuck with me at that yeah. point, which is, you know, it's not everybody's going to do these these huge systems. And so you don't always have to plan for the future if you don't know what the future is. You know, sometimes you just got to stay with the now the California vibe. Just be with the now. Just be with the now. Yeah, and I, I think that regardless of the uh, control system manufacturer, I think that project scope comes into play. I mean, you can't, you really don't want to bite off more than you can chew. Well, and that, real quick question for you guys. I was, I was actually going to go to you, Daniel. When it comes to, Rich makes the point that, you know, go with what they can use, go with what they can afford, go with what they're comfortable with. That being said, as you're assist assessing, and I say you're, integrators and, and, and folks like Rich and, and, and Steve and myself, uh, and we talk to, to guys like you and Eric and say, you know what, um, this is kind of what we want to do. How, is there a point where brand X or brand Y or brand you know, uh, A or B or C is more technically advanced than... Command Fusion or, or, or you guys or, or a Media Lawn, or are you all talking ones and zeros, right? At the end of the day, we're all talking ones and zeros. We're all talking, you know, um, relay closures and stuff like that. And so then it really comes down to what, you know, what the front end, you know, the, the pretty front end is. Are you guys all pretty much, you know, technically the same on the back end? I think HRS and, and ourselves are pretty similar. Oh, go ahead, Daniel. Yeah, I would say we're fairly similar. Um, in the end, it is all about you know sending bytes over the wire and and talking to different APIs of different pieces of hardware. Um, I think I'm not sure for Medialon. I think Medialon, from what I've seen, is is definitely more show control. At least I know you guys used to be that. I, I'm not sure where you guys have changed uh, throughout the last couple of years. I think you guys have come out with a few uh, advanced GUI um, products, uh, if I'm not mistaken, correct, Eric? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're, we're so I'm sure there's probably yeah. some similarities to here. All right, go ahead, Eric. Yeah, we're expanding a little bit more into the, uh, the centralized control of lots of similar type rooms. So if you've got, you know, six dozen hotel rooms in a boutique hotel, or you've got uh, a bunch of meeting rooms in a corporate building or a, a college campus that you have a lot of similar control over these different rooms, being able to roll that out uh, in a pretty 
easy and fast way. That's kind of a direction that we're heading uh, with with some of the advances in our technology. But we're not we're not losing sight of our of our bread and butter market, which is the uh, the show control. Well, and that's one of the things uh, we have a good friend. We but AV Nation has a good friend by the name of John Huntington, uh, who's written a couple of different books. Actually, I've, I've got his one of his books back here about show control. Um, show networks and control systems right here I think he may even sign this one for me uh, but but you know that's this is this is John he's he works in New York uh, he teaches um, at uh, in New York and shows folks how to do stuff like that uh, actually if you're ever in New York in in, uh, in around the fall time they do a phenomenal I've never seen it in person but I've seen uh, blog posts and, and actually George Tucker um, has been through it. They do a really cool uh, haunted uh, haunted house, and it's all done by show control, and it's really cool. Some of the back end stuff that they do. So. Uh, Mr. Greenblatt. Okay, so we, we've kind of we're all talking ones and zeros. We're all talking bytes. We're all talking pretty much the same thing. Are there certain applications or certain markets or certain instances um, that lend themselves more to? Media line or lend themselves more to AMX or lend themselves more to HRS or, 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 or what have you, or is it pretty much like 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 Rich said, what can you get right? Is what what lines do you cover? What what, what lines can you get? Or there really are or are there specific situations where one company really does kind of outshine the rest? Uh, it, it, certainly, in in very niche type of projects there are better fits you know there there are there are certain uh, platforms that are made for certain solutions and uh, you know whether it's that they have the whether it's their ease of programming or whether it's the their user interface uh, offerings uh, whether you know for for residential it needs to be a little bit of a softer more uh, more homey more uh, you know uh, personalized uh, feeling, whereas you know, commercial can be more generic or industrial. Uh, you know, so so there there are certainly some that are better fits than others. One thing that that I was thinking of, you know, throughout the conversation is that I, I think that the the idea of programming versus configuring versus not no programming necessary type of a, an approach. I think that those are, are certainly differentiators and and also have their their right fit. You know the the idea that you don't have to have somebody who is necessarily certified or technically trained, or, or uh, you know, but can install and, and get a system up and running, has a lot of benefit for the right application. Whereas the the need to have somebody who is, is a, you know very technically astute and and can make the system jump through hoops is also uh, a good fit for another type of of situation or client, let's say. I mean, the, you know, and I, I think that those, those are things that really need to be mapped out up front. What are the boundaries? What are the, what, 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 what can and can't we do? And, and what are the expectations? Uh, and, and of course, you know, that, that comes into play when, when you're talking about numbers and, and making choices and so forth. Daniel and, and Eric, real quickly, uh, neither of you have systems that don't require any programming, correct? Because because we don't like those. Just just so you just so you know. Because <laughs> you're talking to three different independent programmers here, so we don't like those. So uh, no, it's yeah, it's actually a good question. Do either of you have ones that out of the box? You know, you can just plug and play. 
We don't. Uh, the system is an integrated development environment, so what you're getting is basically something that does nothing. It's like Excel. Okay. You have to make it do. You have to put input in in order to get a useful output. So that's what we're uh, we're delivering. We're delivering hardware. We're delivering software. But essentially, it's just an environment in which you can create what it is you want. Um, I know that like Extron has a configurable system where you just tell it what the devices are, and it yeah. sort of self-populates those uh, those user interfaces. That's not something that we're doing. But who knows what tomorrow might be. Daniel, do yours, uh, are, are yours pretty much, you know, just like, like Eric was saying, where you guys are providing the hardware and kind of the software and, and, and guys like us are the ones who are making it do the ins and outs? Yeah, exactly. Um, we don't really provide um, sort of uh, templates that you would just pre-populate. Um, we're starting to build a few canned solutions um, just out of our own a few needs we've seen in the markets. Um, but it's so hard to just put a canned solution in. I mean, every it seems like every install is unique, and, and that's why we don't have those templates at this point. Um, as far as uh, programming goes, it's probably 98% configuration, and the only 2% of coding would be um, if you had to do two-way response with, like, uh, a driver that we didn't have in the system, if you needed to do two-way uh, response. And um, there's a couple other of, uh, options you can do uh, JavaScript programming for. So. Oh, very cool. J just for the record, I'm a big fan of, of two-way programming. And uh, actually, next week. Um, is it next week, Steve? We're, we're, you uh, and I are, for are Wednesday. The battle royal royaling. Um, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about this in, in a couple of minutes. But Steve and I are doing a debate with, uh, with Commercial Integrator. Uh, <laughs> that's actually one of the topics is, is, uh, is feedback. Um, because nice. here's the thing, I'm, I'm, I'm going to digress for, for 30 seconds here. I have had multiple, multiple, multiple instances where client after client after client has insisted and in whether it is the, the, uh, homeowners or it is, you know, the IT professional who wants to see, you know, what the volume level is. Feedback is essential and it's essential. <laughs> it, it just... You know, so yeah, it, it, that's one of the topics that we're going to cover is whether or not uh, how much feedback. I was it how much feedback is too much uh, type of thing. Right, so, right. Um, we'll put <laughs> well, a link. and then you can get into remote monitoring once you get into feedback. Yeah. So you could have a university with three hundred uh, video projectors, and in order to place bulk lamp orders to save money, you need to know without sending somebody around with a remote yep. control to each room and wasting the time. So being able to get that all into a dashboard type interface is really useful just for operations. Yeah, yeah, it is. So uh, we'll put a link up on, on where you can go sign up for that webinar. Uh, I think it, it, this is the first webinar I've done. You've done a, you've done a couple with them, haven't you, Steve? Uh, uh, I think it's going to be my second. We did one on source code, but they, they both are kind of connected with uh, some AV Nation shows. Yeah, so that was actually a good one, too. We talked about, uh, about who, quote, unquote, owns the code. So... We're not going to get into it here. It's a, it's a much longer discussion. So, um, please see a previous episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, previous. yeah. It's actually it's just a separate show on yes. this week's episode of Who Owns the Code. <laughs> now we talk to a lawyer. Now we talk to the, the Supreme Court. Who you know? The telenovela version. Yeah. Source code. <laughs> we should have done a World Cup version of this show. So. I've actually gotten into the World Cup this year. I don't know why. I've never, you know, anyhow. Uh, all right. Uh, real quickly, um, 
We uh, all of our, our podcasts are, are brought to you by the fine folks at Middle Atlantic Products, um, who we had a great time with. Uh, Middle Atlantic really has kind of stepped up in the last six months with us. Uh, it's our very first sponsor. It's our very first company. We have a really good relationship with the folks over there, uh, with with Becky Villarreal and and everybody there. Uh, went by their their booth. Uh, check out the 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 clip on YouTube if you would. It, it's a really great. Um, my part sucks, but the rest of it is is a really good booth interview. Uh, they've got some really great great new products. Um, they've got a new display mount that will let you raise it up and down. They've got one that's built for VTC. All sorts of stuff. If you go by their website, which is, is also brand new, uh, middleatlantic.com, uh, you will see training videos, and you can chat to someone from 8 Eastern uh, in the morning to 8 Eastern at night. Uh, that's for folks like Rich, who you know um, are five hours behind everybody else. So uh, you can you can chat even at the end of the day. Uh, so middleatlantic.com, uh, Middle Atlantic, what great systems are built on. Uh, so thanks so much for them. Uh, all right, guys, uh, real, real quickly, we're talking about programming. We're talking about, uh, you know, the alternative systems. And I, I, I hesitate even saying that. Steve and I, have, we'll, we'll talk uh, every couple of weeks about what our next episode is. And, and this is one that, that I've kind of wanted to do for a while, simply because I, I love them. I program them. This is the way I make my money, right? I'm not, you know, I'm not mincing any words here. Crash on an AMX is how is how I get a paycheck because uh, I program for them. However, as much as I love them and and they're really great people there, there are other people out there, right? I mean, it's it's not it's like it's like you've got a couple buddies, um, you know, you're hanging out having a beer, but there are other friends that you hang out with, and they're fine too, you know, they're they're really great, and and so that's when when Steve and I started talking about this alternative system. Uh, I, I kind of hesitated using that word because it's almost like, yeah, they're over there. You know, they're they're there too. But no, these are really great systems. Um, Eric, we'll start with you, and then Daniel, we'll, we'll kick it over to you, and, and then I want to get your and Steve, uh, Steve and Rich's take on this. When it comes to um, marketing yourself or getting into an, 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 an into an integrator who maybe either can't get. Uh, one of Crestron uh, or AMX, they don't sell enough or, or what have you, um, or they simply, you know, they they are um, big time, you know, AMX or Crestron dealers. Uh, Eric, how do you start that conversation? Uh, you know, hi, my name is Eric. I'm with Medialon. This is our product, and this is what it does, and this is why maybe you should use us um, either instead of or you know a, as a companion to to your Crestron or your AMX system. Sure. We're typically talking to the technical people, so the people who are having have they they have their fingers in the code, and they're the ones that are looking at how easy this will be to implement, or uh, how easy it will be to sell to their customers. So I usually start off with a, a a demonstration of the programming environment, just showing how easy it is to build a user interface that turns on and off a projector and shows the lamp hours. Um, or then we'll go and progress that into this is how you would build a show where you have a bunch of events that are time critical yeah. uh, alongside one another. And then we'll take that and we'll introduce the, the concept of logic. So now we have time-based stuff that you can also make decisions on based on inputs into the system. So you have this complex two-way communication with your devices but also your show has to take inputs from, you know, I have an enable hit, so that means that, yes, I'm going to go ahead and fire that light cue, or that enable's not hit, so I want to misdirect the audience and 
fire a different light cue that's showing uh, a different area of the stage. Yeah. So magic shows are a great example of that. You don't want to light up the, the back of the box if the back of the box is still open. So, <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll, we'll work through a few scenarios of that, and, and it kind of helps to illustrate to the technical people, at least, the ease of programming. And by the end of a, a half an hour, we've done you know three or four different examples that are fully functional examples. When was the last time you did, in half an hour, four different projects complete with user interfaces? Um, n n never. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So you you do have the ability to quickly put together a, a rather robust uh, system in a short amount of time, but you're still delivering full functionality. So it, we have to have this conversation about, okay, so you're shortening the amount of time that the programmer has to do things, but you're still delivering the same amount of functionality. So you need to price on functionality yeah. your work, not based on how many hours it takes to write drivers for projectors yeah and it's, uh, it changes the conversation a little bit it does it does and it's a, it's a conversation actually that we that steve and i had with matt slack um about programming and programming time which which i need to get matt back on steve because having having him a part of that conversation would be really interesting uh all right daniel you're okay. i'm i'm a new uh or a, you know a prospective client or prospective integrator um, how do you convince me to start using um, your system as opposed to maybe um, one of the, the big two or three or, or maybe as, as an alternative to um, you know, Command Fusion or, or something like that? Yeah, usually how I start, um, and, and even our sales guys will start out with this, is we're going to probably qualify your company first to see, mm. oh, okay, do you have programmers on staff? Do you have people who have written code before? Or are you just like a, a company that is looking to get into the control business and may not um, know where to start? Um, and with that said, you know, I'll go into just the basics. I won't even go into logic or variables or two-way response at that point. At that point, I might just say, all right, this is how you turn a projector on. This is how you turn it off, you know, one-way communication. So it really depends on the customer. Um, that I'm targeting, I'm going to have to qualify them first before I go into how I'm going to sell them on our technology. If it, if it was, let's say, someone who had maybe two or three programmers on staff, I'd probably go into our, our Linux SDK and, and show them how our JavaScript can do uh, two-way communication. Okay. Uh, so. Rich, when you're, when you're talking with, from, from a programmer's standpoint, and we're dealing with the integrator, and maybe they're coming to you, right? You know, they're saying, "Rich, you know, we've we've got this 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 job, this this program, this this project," and either you're dealing with the integrator who, again, doesn't have access to AMX or Crestron, or or simply, you know, um, choose is choosing not to use that. You know, how do you convince them um, uh, that you know this or or that? program or that this or that um i guess the best way to put this or that product line is is the best way to go i mean is it does it go back to you know what the, the question is what do you want to do or you know but but you're you're dealing with with an integrator who has a bottom line just like you do so how do you talk talk them through you know assessing for their needs you know these other these other alternative control systems math <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, I, I, it's 
there's a certain point where you not only are dealing with the technology, but you're also going to be looking at the relationship and the partnership. Okay. Um, you know, per perfect example is that, um, you know, are when you're dealing with a, a company who's providing X amount of products, are they basically saying, here's your products, yeah, we've got one tech support guy, but eh, he's kind of around on Wednesdays between 12 and 12.15. <laughs> um, you know, and some companies are, you know, kind of the, the mad scientists in the back in the background. Um, other companies a little bit more fully fledged, probably paying a little bit more of a premium, but you may have a full tech support team to be able to dial into. You may have a programming forum to work with. Um, you know, it, it becomes a matter of who are you comfortable with, who do you feel that you're going to build a relationship with, and more importantly, what are the support structures in place? You know, if it's a matter of saying, hey, look, this is... We need to go as stripped down as we can go. Look, we're just turning on a projector. We're doing X, Y, or Z. Yeah, okay, great. There's this little device that you know everybody can basically get from Amazon, but really you need somebody in the background to be able to actually make it work. Yeah. Okay, fine. That fits within the schedule or fits within the budget and, and what the scope of work may be in, and you push it out. The other one may be a little bit more feature-rich. You know, Again, you know, what's your interface? Are you using a handheld remote? Are you using a tablet? Are you using a mobile device? I mean, everything, again, to me, it's like I, I, I kind of feel like I'm the guy banging my shoe on the table. It's, it's, it's mobile, you know? Every single time, when it comes back to the interface, what are they talking about? Mobile, 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 whether it's a tablet or whether it's a phone. Um, you know, you don't see many people saying, hell, yeah, I want my brand-new 40-button remote to be able to do all of that. You don't see it anymore. Um, you know, they're looking for, for softer interfaces, that are a little bit more flexible. And so that becomes a matter of, okay, what's going to work within the Android environment? Are you looking at an iOS environment? You know, <laughs> um, it was, uh, you know, Daniel was saying something. He's like, yeah, well, we're going to open up the Linux kernel for them to look at. It's like, I can tell you that there's probably 90% of the dealers, their eyes just glazed <laughs> over as soon as that happened. They, you get the what? Um, first of all, the first question popcorn. is, what is Linux? Secondly, what is a kernel? What is the kernel? I've got to make popcorn. You know? <laughs> no, we, we don't expose any of the uh, Linux kernel or even the shell to our end users. It's simply built on a, a web front-end basis, so you can change anything you need to in the system all through the, the web page, essentially. Um, even the JavaScript code, it's just JavaScript, just like you would write for a standard web page. I mean, I've got a, an intern, he's in his second year in college, and he built an entire 500 lines of codes device driver in like four hours. I mean, that's how quick he was able to do it. So uh, it's very easy to use. Um, and we really focus on the mobile platforms. We think that that is definitely the future. And we've always been focused on it because we just don't have the, we don't have the hardware resources like Crestron and AMX that, um, you know, we're not buying thousands and thousands of units from China for hardware. Well, well and, and again, that, that, but that brings up a point. It's, you know, it, when, when the phrase, it's just JavaScript, you know, you're going to require some form of third party, most likely. Sure. You know, you're you're going to be dealing with, at that point, you start stepping away from the configuration side. And this is what I was talking about, about the partnerships. There becomes that line or that chasm that you, you jump over between configuration and software development. And, and that's really where you start moving into true software development at that point. Um, I know that Eric was talking about, I mean, they have an IDE. You know, again, it's, it's a sandbox. It becomes a matter of it is only as good 
as the input, which is going to be the person who's sitting tapping away at a keyboard to determine what the output is. So that is where our industry is changing again. And, and you know, I'm going to keep going back to it. I keep talking about more and more that, you know, it's you know, one of the, the famous lines at this point now is software is eating the world. You know, the, the integration market itself, the AV market itself, is, you know, it, it's, it's a slow evolution until there is going to be that title shift that occurs. It's not going to be small. It will just be one of these days these integrators are going to look up and go, what just happened to me? And part of it is hopefully these companies are bridging the gap, which is saying, look, you don't have the resources to have a software developer in-house. You know, Yeah, you can't do JavaScript yourself, but you know what? We do have some people here. We will work in partnership with Union Development, and it's part of our, our suite. So that is kind of a segment unto itself when you're using some of these other alternative control systems at that point. They're saying, look, we're not this behemoth. We, it's not, you're going to buy what we have or else you're SOL, you know, or you have to go through 15 different certification um, classes and the process before we even let you get this line. <laughs> Again, going back to your brother's got to eat. You know, Rich, it's funny that you say that because the, you know, really at some, there was a point in time where everybody was threatening that we were going to be losing our jobs because they weren't going to need programming anymore. And now the conversation is totally shifting to, hey, you got to start looking at this as software development. It's not programming. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, I, I start to look at it as, you know, you have your front of the house and back of the house people. You, have, you know, you, somebody's got to be writing the drivers and the libraries, which is, the critical part, and then the other, the then the other people have to be putting it all together, and uh, but but it really is a, a big shift in in the way we look at things, and and I think it's very exciting for for programmers to to realize now that there that that it, 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 the complexity is increasing, and and you know it's providing more opportunities for us to do more and achieve more, and and uh, and tap into areas that we w weren't previously able to use or, or uh, you know, skill sets that we weren't able to use. Well, it's... well and, and I think just for that reason is that our, just the, the segment itself is kind of expanding laterally, you know. They, there, there are more and more niche, pro I, I think that more and more niche products are going to get developed simply for the fact that, you know, you've got a bright guy who will just throw up a Kickstarter, you know. Yeah. And, and we, you know, I mean, there's all of these changes that are happening in the tech industry that in the AV world we we for whatever reason you know yeah it's it's, it's we, we've got this really weird inferiority complex in, in the AV industry about you know we're, we're not part of tech we can't embrace tech we're AV we're you know we're still push carts and slide projectors is, is some of how these companies still view themselves as and and the change that is occurring is going to be with some new mavericks coming through I really feel it is that they're going to be um, people who will be promoting, you know, Daniel's company and Eric's company, and and you know, there's always going to be a market for for the big guys. The 800-pound gorilla is always going to be there, okay? Because it's just stability and pedigree and blah 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 blah, and the fact that maybe they've just had it for 20 years, you know? I mean, it's it's kind of like my daddy's, you know, my granddaddy's Cadillac, you know? It's like granddad had a Cadillac, dad had a Cadillac, I got a Cadillac. Um, <laughs> 
but the new market that's changing with younger executives coming in, with younger homeowners coming in, with a brand new generation that is being weaned on the, the mobile device and, and the app, and, and they're just processing things differently than we are. They're going to be much more open to a niche product that does X and another niche product that does Y as opposed to the standard way we're doing it. Problem for the integrators, I think, is is just what Steve and I were talking about, which was, you know, before it was like, oh, we don't need programmers anymore. You know, it's going to auto-configure itself. It's auto-magic. Um, and we're seeing that title shift occur, which is, no, in fact, you know, we need to work more in partnership together because you don't necessarily come at this with a computer science degree. Yeah. You don't have app development skills. You no longer have the tools that could potentially make or break your business. Mm -hmm. So you got a choice. You can either try to bring it in-house, which if you don't know what you're hiring in the first place, that's going to make it difficult, or you grow out the business as a service industry. And that's really what we're doing is, you know, it's... it's um, it's the evolution of what I felt that this industry is moving towards, and I'm seeing more and more glimpses of it. Is in the P in in the tech industry, there's there's software as a service, you know that S S A A S, you know that yeah. that is a huge term in the tech industry. It's why Sun Microsystems is no longer around. Cray Supercomputer is no longer around. Why? Because they're harnessing software tools that can leverage smaller hardware investments and can scale differently. Our industry is moving towards that and you're seeing that the integrators that are embracing it are seeing the success with it. The ones who are saying, you know, I'm still hanging plasmas and speakers and you know, they're 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 withering away and and that that is when that title shift will occur. That well, the thing is, is that hardware is a cheap commodity nowadays. I mean, what's the difference if we're using you know, computer X, computer Y, I mean, it's, it's all based on the software. There, I mean, the days of embed computing for these, you know, these pieces of hardware are just, you know, like Crestron, everyone's saying, like, the hardware is not that big of a deal. I mean, Medialon's got a great box, so does HRS Control. I mean, all that matters is who's programming it and how it's being done with software. And, and to well, that, that point, to, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead Eric. No, I was just saying that the, uh, the the processors that are used in the AMX and Crestron boxes are are far lower in the in the amount of processing that they can do than a modern exactly. computer, and so that's where HRS and Medialon are are taking advantage of this commoditization and being able to be able to deliver a brand new system with all the bells and whistles just by taking a processor off the shelf and smacking it in a computer and installing the software. Yeah. Uh, real, real quickly, we, we're almost out of time here, guys. And I want to get all four of your takes on this. And, and Steve and, and Rich, you'll go first because you're the, the programmer pot, parts and, and we'll get the, the manufacturer, the, the control guys in a second. How do you maintain, to Rich's point, how do you maintain or train or hire, how do you get this talent? Uh, because you're right, the, the software is, is becoming more and more important. Uh, I have a client now, um, a couple clients actually, that, that have software developers. They're not programmers, but they're software developers who work in, in, in an integration uh, company. Um, that, that's what they do, right? They're, they're trying to figure out the, the command structures and stuff like that to, to make sure that, you know, 
you can they can create apps that or, or, or programs that tie into these different devices, whether it's a, a projector or a Blu-ray player or what have you. Um, so, Steve, how do you get this talent, and then how do you train it and keep it? It sounds like a, a continuation from last episode. It does. But it's, uh, you know, the, it, it's that age-old question, honestly, I mean, and it's really hard because you do have to maintain a, a real diverse skill set, and there's so much to learn in different areas. But if, if you start to break things down into more tasks rather than looking at a full project, I think that you can find that you're gonna you you can bring on the right person for for a specific part of a project or or have or create specialties and then hopefully then those those people can start to get cross trained and learn other things but you know you could start by bringing them in based on what they're good at what their strengths are assuming that matches what your need is and then you you can uh, teach them what they need to learn that's beyond that. But but what it r really comes down to is understanding our, our customers' needs and understanding systems and, and, and really being able to be live in, in the AV environment. And, and if you don't get that part, it doesn't matter how good of a programmer you are. Um, you know, I, I, so, so that, that's where I would start. Uh, you know, one other point that I was going to make, too, is just the, you know, in terms of being able to, to get involved in other platforms as a, as a programmer, as a programming company, we o we always look at you know where where is the demand and 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 what are the opportunities and so forth. I mean, I think it's very exciting and I think it's very healthy to to expand our services line, but we also have to make sure that we're putting our time to good use, and um, and and try to figure out how we, we can either leverage our knowledge or or find you know, you know a, a a nice niche or demand for for other systems. Absolutely, uh, Mr. Fregosa, uh, How do you how do you wrangle these these talented youngins uh, into the AV industry or, or train the ones you have? You know, I mean, it's somebody who's going to come into this industry is going to come into it because they love it. You know, it's yeah. it's they're 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 not going to have the next IPO by coming into this industry more likely than not. So you're looking for somebody who's going to have a passion. And, and again, it's the continuation of the of the education episode that we did a while back. Um, you know, it's it's um, it is a dilemma that we face in this industry. Is is how do we target them? How do we get them excited? Because everybody, when, I mean, whenever I tell anybody, you know, who's under you know 25 years old, what it is I do, they're like, that's cool. Yeah. You know, because it is. The difference now is that the kids that are coming out and just coming out of high school are going, oh. That's kind of like what this little app that I put together <laughs> for my iPhone, <laughs> uh, and and that's really it. Is that you know what who who and are we going to be targeting? Is that these are the kids that you're seeing pushing up stuff on that are at makers fairs, you know, that are in um, bot competitions, that are in. Uh, you know, throwing up little Kickstarters or trying to figure out, or you know, look at uh, what is it, IFTT, if this then that. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they look at their story. You know, I mean, these are these are you know the kind of these little spores that are popping up out of the ground all over the place, and um, you know, part of it is is taking the people that you have and investing in them and and helping them evolve um, into the next. Phase of what the company is. I mean, you know what? What's the you know what's the best possible way? Train the people you got. You know, work with the people you got. Give them room to grow, 
because they've already shown the loyalty by staying with you. Yeah. So as a business owner or as a partner, part of, I think, your professional and I think your moral obligation is to help them better themselves as well, to continue to expose them to it. I, I didn't start out as a programmer. Um, you know, it was the furthest thing from my mind. I mean, I had always tinkered with programming since I had my first, you know, Atari 5200, you know, with a, you know, an 8K RAM cartridge. Um, but that was not my calling, I thought, and wound up in this. And I've heard lots of stories like that, which is I went down this road and I found myself here. The only way you find yourself in that road is if somebody intercedes and says, here are the paths you can take. Yeah. And and so rather than constantly reaching out and saying, who can we bring in? And look at what you got first, you know, either yourself. And if you feel you can't do it, then who are your key people? And, and you build. And that's where you build the strength of a company from, is from within. Um, because they, they will appreciate it, I think. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm a little bit little bit younger than, than Rich. My first computer was an Apple IIe. So, uh, Dan, Daniel, from the manufacturer standpoint, whether you're trying to grab people for, for HRS or for your integrators and helping them, uh, you know, develop talent, how do you, you know, what do you tell them? Yeah, I would say both on, uh, even from my perspective, um, it's all about marketing to these uh, young uh, 21 to 25 maybe a little bit older as well um, marketing like the different sweet technologies you work with I mean um, oh you know you're gonna be de developing mobile apps you're gonna be developing tablet apps um, uh, what else uh, you're gonna be using um, languages that are you know they're not proprietary you can actually Google and get the information that you want on something like JavaScript or even C sharp I know some manufacturers are going that route as well so I, you know, I think that, I mean, if it was me, if I was going to work somewhere, would I want to use some language I've never heard of, and um, I can't even Google how to actually, you know, get an answer on uh, Stack Overflow or or GitHub? I mean, that's that's the type of world that uh, all the all the young kids are in is the GitHub and the Stack Overflow world. So you kind of got to play nice with those worlds. Yeah, those are those are good tools, by the way, if you've ever done them. So, uh, all right, Eric. Last but not least, uh, what? How do you either for for Medialon or for your your integrators? Um, how do you how do you counsel them to get more talent? Well, it starts with having a basic understanding of programming flow. What an if then structure is like. What a while loop is like. And once you've got a good foundation of that, then you can start with simple architectures and then once you've got a basis of that then you can build these bigger architectures and multiple servers talking to each other and the data flows like this and that and comes back and goes around and comes out a different a different way altogether once you have a good understanding of data flow as opposed to signal flow signal flow is going to be handled by the the guys who are pulling the cables and hooking the things up the programmers need to understand in the same way the way data moves through the systems, the way that, that the signals move down the wires. Uh, it helps if they know how the signal moves down the wires also because they can help with the troubleshooting, but the, uh, the, the data flow within a, a project file or programming uh, project is, is really key. And so having that, that understanding, and you can train somebody who understands signal flow to understand data flow. It's the same thing. It's just doing it sort of virtually instead of with with a, a little electrical impulse that you can measure with a voltage meter or an oscilloscope. 
So from, from my standpoint, it's, it's understanding signal flow, data flow, and then being able to apply that to do really cool things like a concert tour or a, a theme park attraction. And that's where the people get excited about what it is that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when it comes down to, you know, getting them while they're younger and, and they think it's cool, right? I mean, I'm 40 years sure. old. I still think that, you know, running running shows and controlling stuff is cool. So, I, I also think, too, that um, with, I've had some conversations with some other integrators that have, like, traveled the world and done various uh, really complex installs. And if traveling is your thing, I think the AV industry is really great for that. You know, there's all sorts of installs you can do all over the, the country and the world, for that matter. Just, just be careful because, you know, it may end up in two or three or four marriages. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why you get them while they're young. Well, yes, that's true. Um, a buddy of ours, actually, Don Mead's husband, got sent off to Kuwait for a couple of weeks uh, not, not too long ago. So we were joking about that. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much. Uh, this has been another episode uh, of A State of Control brought to you by Middle Atlantic Products. Daniel Rene uh, from High Resolution System HRS has been with us. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, how can people find out more about you or HRS? Oh, yeah, just go to our website at hrscontrol.com. Okay, very good. Uh, also with us has been Eric Cantrell uh, from Medialon, a Medialon show control. How can people find out more about you or, or Medialon? You can look us up on Google+. Plus. We have a, a tech community. Uh, we've also got uh, our website, Medialon.com, and Twitter, Facebook, all the, all the regular social media stuff. Okay, very good. Uh, and for those of you who are listening to the podcast and not watching, his, his Twitter handle is at Eric J. Kentrell, right? Yes. Eric J. Kentrell, so don't forget that. Uh, Uncle Richie, thank you, sir. Thanks. I, uh, I guess I, I waxed rhapsodically about the state of the industry. It was awesome. Uh, if, <laughs> if, if people don't know, how the heck to find you or follow you? or You can find me on you. the interwebs on uh, Twitter, at rfergosa. You can find uh, me on my soon-to-be-redeveloped website, fergosadesign.com. Um, as well as uh, I can spot me on CE Pro coming up at Cedia this year, as well as um, as one of the Cedia ambassadors, one of the social media ambassadors. So you can uh, search Twitter at uh, hashtag Cedia Tweeps, and uh, we're up there as well. Don't you guys have a contest to see who gets the most uh, the most uh, peeps following them? Yeah. Then the yeah. what is your 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 handle or your Cedia number? Oh uh, oh, that thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're not doing that this year, in which case, forget I it. I am doing that okay, this then. year. I, I had a momentary brain fit. I, I believe I am. Uh, if you go to cd.com and you register, you use code CT2, CT2. you will get uh, free admission to the show floor. Very good. Always good. All right. Now I'm going to get in trouble from Matt Scott, who probably also has one. So, <laughs> As do I. <laughs> you do, too. As oh, Steve. well, then that's up to you. You, you can do Rich's or you can do no, Steve's. That's, that's fine. You, everybody can register. What are you, CT3? Uh no, six. There you go, CT6. So. Uh, Mr. Greenblatt. I may, be, I may be advertising for somebody else. I'm You're probably sure. freaking uh, It doesn't uh, matter. All Siaka. of the marketing people stack this and win anyway. So. <laughs> probably Siaka, who doesn't need any, any help. Um, uh, Mr. Greenblatt, thank you, sir, as always. Thank you. It was great. Another great episode. Yeah, and where can people uh, find you or, or Control Concept? <laughs> Uh, controlconcepts.net is the company website at Steve Greenblatt is Twitter and 
many other, LinkedIn, Facebook, so forth. Uh, we started something for technology managers, a uh, community called Tech Talk, and that can be found at techtalkav.com. And, uh, and hopefully uh, everybody will tune in on Wednesday the 16th mm -hmm. at 2 p.m. Eastern for our webinar. Yep, I'm, I'm getting ready to show it. For those of you watching on, on video, uh, I'll put a link on the, on the show on this episode's website or this episode's page, but there it is from Commercial Integrator. Uh, the debate, the great debate, uh, as, as our buddy Tom LeLanc is calling it. Uh, it. Basically, it's Steve and I talking about and debating um, uh, as much as we debate <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, some of the different parts of, of integration, right? Um, whether or not uh, touch panels are going bye-bye. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm somewhat in the camp with, with uh, Uncle Richie where, you know what, a lot of stuff's going mobile, but there are still an awful lot of touch panels going in especially with the price points they're hitting now but you know we'll we'll get in those debates next week so yeah next and we're Wednesday. also looking for for topics too yes yes so if, if you uh if you on twitter or on facebook or, or whatever email me email steve email tom uh questions right uh that you want us to cover so um like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll post this on, on this episode's page, but if you if you haven't gotten there, just go to commercialintegrator.com and uh, and you can register uh, for that webinar. So that's kind of cool. Um, as far as us and me, don't follow me. Uh, I'm not very interesting, but everybody that makes Aviation happen is very interesting. Uh, go by the website. The folks who do it do a very good job of it. Uh, again, not me. Um, uh, Rich mentioned his, his website. The very first episode or issue of of AV Nation's website was on a Squarespace site. Uh, I mentioned that because because Rich's is still as, as well, and uh, and Matt Scott, who is I guess our technic our our our, uh, our graphic and and pretty uh, make things pretty guy. Uh, he's our web our webmaster. Uh, quickly, <laughs> once he got the reins of the website, said, "Yeah, you're not going to do that anymore." And and because uh, I'm I'm you know I. I make podcasts. I don't do pretty websites. So um, you ought to hire a software developer. Yes, I should. <laughs> uh, I got a graphics guy. He's good. Uh, but yeah, go by the website, avnation.tv, avnation.tv, this program, as well as a host of others. Uh, brand new AV, uh, AV Week every week. Uh, that's our weekly wrap-up of, of news and information. Last week, uh, George Tucker gave me the week off, so he hosted, uh, tackled a couple uh, uh, subjects like... Uh, Oh, I don't know, Booth Babes, because uh, that was, holy cow, coming out of Infocom. Uh, even David Lebuskus uh, weighed in on it. Actually, during the podcast, he, they posted that, and so they, they got to talk uh, about that. Also, um, some, uh, some actual, you know, some, some technical stuff beyond, uh, beyond the, uh, the, uh, personnel, the personnel of, of Booths. Um, but uh, this program, uh, Live Life, uh, State of Control, which is this program, um, uh, our social uh, media and marketing uh, program with Don Mead and Kelly Perkins called AV Social. So yeah, go by the website, avnation.tv. Avnation.tv, everything here is brought to you by Middle Atlantic, Middle Atlantic Products, what Grace systems are built on. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been A State of Control. Mm -hmm.